not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, hello, and happy Monday to you. Today is a day that many are remembering loved ones who died in while serving in um, the armed forces in this country, while serving in the military. Many people are um, commemorating their loved ones and the heroic things and the service that um, you know that they uh, gave to this country and the price that they paid. Um, for us to have freedoms here in this country, our thoughts are with you today. Um, some of your some of your um, celebrations may be bleak. You may you know you may not be feeling very happy today because some of your loss can can be might have been very soon, might have been very recent. Others it could have been a long time ago and. Um, and you have grieved and you've worked through the process. But either way it goes, we just want you to know that um, our thoughts are with you. Um, those of you that remain and are here to um, yet fight the good fight of, um, of life. <laughs> May you be comforted, comforted as you reflect today on your loved ones. Um, there is a saying that I've heard uh, even recently, um, and it says, freedom isn't free. Some people might say freedom ain't free, but freedom isn't free. And you know what? I think that's the true statement um, because we are born. We are born into warfare, whether we know it or not, whether we believe it or not. We're born into warfare. So um, the price of living in a free society is not free and the fri- the price of living free spiritually is not free because in the spiritual sense Christ paid the price Jesus Christ paid the price for mankind to be free from the bondage of sin sickness brokenheartedness from all of the, you know, the traumas that can happen to us in life, Jesus Christ paid the price for our freedoms. And the price that he paid was great. It was a great price. He served in the Lord God's army, in his Father's army. He served and continues to serve in his father's army. And when he was here on earth, he triumphed. 
he triumphed over the enemy, over the powers of darkness. Through his death on the cross, he triumphed over sin, sickness, brokenheartedness through the price that he paid on the cross. He conquered and he overcame so that we could be free, so that you and I, so that people like us could be free. And you know what? Because he triumphed, because he rose from the dead because he didn't remain on that cross and he didn't remain in the grave. He triumphed. He rose from the dead and therefore he is the lion, the lion, you know, the warrior, he, the roar. He is the lion of Judah and he is the king of all kings. He has allowed, his father has allowed for there to be kings in the earth realm, for there to be, you know, governments and systems and kings and presidents and rulers. He's allowed it. But do you know what? He is the king of all kings. And he continues to intercede and to command his angels to war on our behalf for you, for me. You know, so that we may rule and reign with him one day when he returns. Amen. Amen. Hey, honey, um, I know you're on the air with me. I want to give you a chance to say hi. How you doing, husband? Hello, hello. I'm Can doing, I get a, Go ahead. I'm doing fine. I have a little, still have a little cough in my throat, but I'm doing... <laughs> Doing good, and I'm glad to be here. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen on the, on my opening statement? <laughs> amen. Um, the important thing is also for um, not just the military. It's for anybody that wants to memorialize their loved ones, actually, also. So. Okay, well, I looked it up on, I looked it up to so that I could be accurate about that, and that, that was the... Uh, Correct origination was. Yeah, I just noticed um, a lot of families also go and just visit family. Right. A lot of times also. They just take that opportunity since they're at the cemetery. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has evolved and it has expanded over time. But thank you for um, for um, that addition. Um, I, speaking of the cough, yeah, I, how do you sound a little, you sound a little bit nasally there actually how do i sound do i sound okay you sound just fine i mean the nasal sound helps my deep voice for the radio oh <laughs> is that what that is okay <laughs> well i like that deep voice brother jones <laughs> and i like your amen too um but you know what what's interesting to me is that we know you know because we've had the privilege of of coming to Christ and accepting him as our savior. So we know the price that he paid for us and we are working daily to overcome, you know, issues and things in our life. But do you know that Christ, although Christ paid the price for all of mankind's freedom for, for mankind to be free, do you realize that many aren't free that many still aren't free. 
Isn't that interesting, dear, that many still are not free? Many are still bound by hurts, pains, issues of life, um, because of sin, because of rebellion. Um, many people are still hurt. What do you think about that? Well, they're in bondage because of sin a lot of times, and, and, and they're not free because they don't know who the Lord is. They don't know, they don't know his word. They don't, they don't have fellowship with him. So they're stuck in a, in a rut and, and all they have is what is their experiences. And without the Lord, the experiences are not going to be good experiences. So that's, that's, that's all they have is, is, is that rut. They don't have the freedom and the liberty of being free, you know, Mm-hmm. Well, that's so true, and that's why we do our show is because we want to give people the opportunity, and we want to give them hope. We want to let them know that there is op- they have options. You know that there is an answer. Um, the Bible tells us that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The Son that that reference is is to Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God. And who he sets free is free indeed. Sin, I also like to define it as rebellion, rebellion against the ways of God. But sin causes abuses of many kinds, many different kinds, divorce, incest, rape, promiscuity. Um, I could go on and on and on. But we're going to talk about racism tonight. What about racism? This is part two of our topic. What about racism? I'm going to talk about the sin of racism. And yes, I did classify it as a sin, a sin issue. It is not just a cultural issue. It is not just a social issue. It is a sin issue because it is a spiritual condition as a result of rebellion against what God says is good and right and, and, and good. <laughs> Mankind was created in the image of God. So God said that that was good. When he finished creating man, when he finished creating the heavens and the earth and the universe and, you know, the, the living creatures and all that, he said it is good. He said it was good. So God God created mankind in his image. Discrimination and racism came about as a result of the fall of mankind, as a the result of um, Adam and Eve, you know, refusing or disobeying, I should say, disobeying God's um, instructions that open the door for sin to come into the earth realm and racism and hatred and bigotry and everything else you can think of, every unholy, ungodly thing that you can think of came along with it. The only kind of discrimination that God began to have issues with was that of sin, unrighteousness, wickedness. 
things that cause death, harm, and destruction. So after the break, we will continue to talk about racism. talking about this and I 
and I started right in the middle of that question, and I didn't go back to, you know, maybe defining what race is, because race is not only is not only specifically about, you know, like a um, an ethnicity or a group of people. Um, it can be it can be defined um, more thoroughly than that. So today I looked up the word race itself, and I want to read that to you. Um, this was also from Webster's Merriam Webster's, and it says a family. <clears throat> which we understand that part. I think that's what most of us understand. A family, tribe, people, or nation belonging to the same stock. Okay, that's what most of us understand. But then it also said a class or kind of people unified by shared interest, habits, or characteristics. So that's the broadened um, scope that I want to introduce into my subject tonight. I want to look at both aspects of that. Um, family, tribe, people, or nation belonging to the same stock, but also a class or kind of people unified by shared interests, habits, or characteristics. So when we talk about racism, when we talk about poor treatment or violence against people because of their race. I'm talking about poor treatment or violence against people because of the family that they came from, because of the ethnicity that they came from, because of coming from maybe a different um, uh, neighborhood than you, because of coming from a different country than you, because because of having different cultural norms or values uh, than you or me. I'm talking about all of that, okay? All of that. It's all inclusive. So when I began to look at this from the scriptural and the spiritual perspective, I didn't find um i i didn't find the word or i didn't address it from the word race i found the comparative words the comparative words and the strong's um exhaustive concordance um uh, it led me to words like strangers okay the bible made references to and talked about situations where people were strangers in a foreign land strangers, you know, because they came from a foreign place, another place. So we're talking about foreigners, okay? Um, <clears throat> that was descriptive of anyone who was a non-Jew in the Bible was classified as a stranger or a foreigner. Foreigners living amongst the Jews were strangers, Okay. Um, we read from Luke 24 and 18 last week, and it was referring to um, transients, people that were transitioning, that were, you know, in the process of relocating. Um, many of the men uh, of old were, um, you know, they they were wanderers. Um, they They didn't just plant in one place and stay there for a lifetime. Um, many times they packed up and they moved and they relocated depending on what was going on at the time, depending on um, the food supply issues, depending on if there was war going on, depending on if there was um, captivity, you know, if they were um, being threatened um, 
their freedoms were being threatened. Uh, many times people were, were in motion. Um, I didn't get to Acts, the book of Acts last week. There was a, a reference for um, visitors that came out of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2 and 10, and it was um, a reference to visitors. So visitors can be viewed as strangers, people visiting. You know, people come here um, during uh, foreign exchange programs. People come here on visas, um, work permits, different things like that. So people can be visitors. Um, Someone can be a visitor uh, from your school, from one school to the next school. Uh, Someone can be a visitor in your home. Um, how do how do you, as a Christian or a believer, how do you entreat those people? How do you interact, or do you even interact with people that are not like you? Do you even interact or attempt to interact with or have relations with people that are not like you, people that are visitors? Let me see. Um, I'm going to go here to Acts 2 and 10 and see what was in that in case I'm missing anything good. Um, I'm pretty sure it was just a simple reference to the word visitor. But let me go there just to be sure. Acts 2 and 10. Okay, it's just giving me a description. Oh, wow. Uh Uh, If we go up to 8... Verse 8, 2 and 8, and it says, And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Um, This is talking about the day of Pentecost when um, the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples um, so that they could be endowed with power, with supernatural power, with God's power, in order to go forth and evangelize the world as they were instructed to do. Um, And when that happened, there was a manifestation of God um, through the Holy Spirit's um, coming. It was um, a powerful manifestation of God. I mean, you might as well say the room shook because the the scripture says it was like a a mighty wind it seemed like a mighty wind uh the power of god was so strong that a that a wind came in and tongues of fire um it it appeared like tongues of fire and rested upon them and they began to speak in other languages so this this verse begins with that question and how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and in Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia and um, Pergia and Pamphylia, in Egypt and in the parts of Libya, about Cyrene and strangers of Rome. Jews and proselytes, it goes on to name the Cretes and the Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So the reference was, um, I thought, for the word visitor, but actually it was for the word strangers. 
strangers. They're describing how all these different nationalities, all these different um, people, um, tribes, if you will, um, families, races, uh, how all these different groups of people were here in this one place, and they were all hearing the men of God speak in their language, although the men were not from their region and did not naturally and normally speak in that language. So um, the reference, though, I don't want to get all off too too far off into what was happening that day, but the reference was talking about, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes. Um, the people were strangers to that region. They were not from there. They were strangers, but yet they heard their own language in that region. So there was one more reference for First um, Peter 1 and 1, and it was in reference to Christians being um, considered strangers, uh, Christians being um, separate and um, called out and having a culture of its own, um, to be a believer, to be a follower, to be a disciple of Jesus Christ makes you, uh, you know, that's a whole separate culture. It separates you from the culture of the world. Um, we are in the world, but not of the world. So our norms, our values, our standards are supposed to be according to God's word, according to his kingdom, not according to the kingdoms of this world. So Christians, can even be considered strangers and foreigners, um, visitors, if you will, <laughs> in a strange land, because we are meant to be peculiar. We are meant to be different. We are not supposed to fit in. We are not supposed to be politically correct. We are not supposed to compromise and have the same value systems and beliefs as people of the world. If we do, what hope do we offer? If we do, what, you know, there is no salt. We are not salt. Uh, we have lost our savor. We have lost our flavor, if you will. We have lost our ability to provide seasoning and spice and preservation in the earth. So we'll... um We'll continue to talk about, <laughs> I saw my cues and I got a little lost there for a second, but we'll continue to talk about the definition and the explanation of race and racism and what about it? Why is the issue so important? Why does it cause so much trauma? Why is it a form of abuse? We'll talk about that. the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Are you concerned about your physical and spiritual health? Tired of aches and pains? Heartburn? Taking pills? Being out of shape and having no self-control? Try the 90-day challenge by Vice Salads. 
using our delicious, nutritious health shakes and eating one meal a day, you can build lean muscle, burn fat, improve your health, and rule your body instead of your body ruling you. Choose your kit. Start your challenge. Lose 10 pounds at a time. Order online today at dianesjones.bodybyvi.com. <laughs> a black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A Black Nurse. <laughs> I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, we're back. We're back, and we are talking about racism, and I'm asking the question, what about it? What about it? What is, what is God's perspective on racism? You know what? I like to call racism, other than the fact that it's poor treatment or violence against people because of their race, I also like to think of it or describe it in terms of respect of persons. I like to describe it in terms of oppression, um, causing oppression, causing um, those that are um, advocating racism become oppressors, and those that are suffering from racism become oppressed. So racism, to me, is also respect of persons, where you respect one person or groups of persons above another, where you say to one group of people, oh, you're special and you're, there's something special about you because, you know, you're from this country or from this region or because you're like me because I'm black or because you're white or because you're Asian, you know, that's what makes you special. Well, God created mankind. Mankind is consistent of all, all different ethnicities, all different shades of color, all different. I mean, God... God is, to me, he's amazing in that he is so diverse in his taste. 
I mean, he's. If you look around, if you look at the world, and you look at um, the animals, and you look at the flowers, and you look at just all the things that God has created, and He's created so so much uh, diversity, but yet we we have so much in common. Yet we're so much alike. And one of the main things that we have in common is the fact that we are spiritual beings, and that. When it's all said and done, we're all going to have to stand before the Maker. We're all going to have to stand before Him and give an account of this life that we have lived and how we've lived it and uh, whether or not we've accepted His provision for us, His, um, you know, His His plans for our life, whether we fulfilled the reason that we were created. So that's why I'm talking about racism tonight because it causes so much trauma. You know, I have I have asked myself the question and at times I have even been very frustrated and um and puzzled by some people that profess to be Christians, some people that profess Christ, but yet when it comes to the issue of race, when it comes to the issue of their race and how they feel about themselves, and what they'll do to um, try to make themselves feel better. Uh, for example, for example, when it came time for electing our president, our current president, many people of color jumped on the bandwagon to, I mean, because of the history in this country, because of the racism that has happened in this country, because of the trauma that has happened in this country where people were abused to the point of death, where people were abused to the point of being enslaved, of being raped, of being um, put one above the other, um, because of the institution of things like the the Jim Crow laws and, oh, my goodness, it goes on and on and because of segregation and because of white only here and no blacks allowed and no colored people. Because of the trauma of all of that, although it happened hundreds of years ago, these types of things, sin issues, are spiritual issues, and, and they put in motion spiritual forces, and they put in motion spiritual laws that continue from generation to generation to generation. That's biblical. That's biblical. The Bible tells us that the sins of the Father will be visited upon the generations, you know, to the third and the fourth generation, unless it's broken, Unless that cycle is broken, unless that spiritual force is arrested, unless there's a, you know, a breach in that, um, that inertia, that energy, that activity that was put in motion, unless there's a break in it, it will continue for generation to generation and generation. So because of that, Many people of color, people that I know even, people that were, are pastors, people that, you know, are teachers, um, teaching ministries, you know, profess to be Christians, they overlooked the fact that this president was for abortion. He advocated abortion. 
he advocated same-sex unions. In the beginning, he pretended as though he didn't, but he did. He advocated, he tried to say that he was a Christian and that he didn't believe in those things, but but he didn't feel that, you know, other people should not have the right to do what they wanted to do. That's what he tried to say in the beginning. I knew all along that that, that was just a smokescreen. I felt in my spirit all along that that was a smokescreen. But anyway, back to my point, many people, because of their own traumatic issues and because of the history of their mothers and their fathers and their grandfathers could not separate right from wrong, could not separate righteousness from unrighteousness, was willing to compromise and overlook those things, the things that were being advocated that were against God, against the word of God, against the principles of God, they were willing to overlook those things because they were so happy to see a black man in office. That's an example. That's an example of what racism causes, the trauma that it causes, the negative influence that it causes. I had discussions with family members of mine, and I, and I, was, I was shocked. And, and friend, I was shocked. I was literally shocked. That, and I had to tell them, yes, I, as, as a black person, I've written my story, my, my struggles um, as a black nurse in a, in, a, in a world where I was oftentimes the only black or one of two or three maybe in a whole company, on a whole campus where I was the, you know, the minority for sure, and the obstacles and the struggles that I faced because of that. That's what my story, the story of me, a black nurse, is all about. And I've had to explain to them that I know what it feels like. I've experienced racism. But when it comes to right and wrong, when it comes to, you know, my, my beliefs and my foundation, I cannot support a black man. A white man, um, uh, as some would say, a red man, a yellow man. I mean, those are just terms that we put on people. I cannot support any man, to me, who supports things that are not of God. But I had to accept and realize that there are so many black people that are still traumatized and still under the bondage of racism because of history. That's how detrimental, that's how, that's why racism is a sin, because it causes people to be oppressed even in their mind, in their way of thinking, in their way of processing how they see themselves, how they see the world. People thought that this president was going to be, they treated him like he was the savior, they treated him like he was going to be their savior, that it was going to change America. Well, I tell you what, people, I haven't seen too much of a change, personally. That's, that's me. For, I haven't seen too much of a change. But I tell you what, who the savior of the world is, we already have a savior. I already have a savior. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save those that are lost. He came to deliver those that are, are oppressed. 
He came to set free those that are captive to slavery of any kind, of any kind, whether you are enslaved to drugs, to alcohol, to sex, to uh, food, to pornography, whether you are captive or enslaved to anything, no matter what it is, he already came and he already paid the price for that. He already paid the price. And he already cares about people mistreating you because of the color of your skin or for any other reason, because of what you stand for, because of what your value systems are. He already paid the price for that. But he said those that identify with him, those that give up their self, give up their life, and they take on his identity and his norms and his ways, that we would suffer persecution, that we would suffer persecution. But I tell you what, he has an answer. He has an answer for it all. There were, there were people, we started out the show talking about the price that people have paid for freedom. There have been people who have paid the price for freedom in various races, in the Jewish race, in the black race, in um, many races, in the white race. There were people who stood with the civil rights movement. There were and still are people who are willing to pay the price for freedom. So we can't segregate based on color, based on, you know, how, where someone was born. A break is coming upon me like any second now, so I'm going to have to table this until after the break. Tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Would enjoy being raped again and again. Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page. Amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. 
Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Doginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, I'm back. And I wanted to um, explain to you guys that we lost Chris Um we, I was planning on having him chime in and, um, you know, glean from his insight and I, his wisdom. I love when he gives me his perspective on things because it adds a, it adds something to the show that I cannot bring to the table. Um, but we lost him because uh, <laughs> of some kind of problems with my with my Skype. So that's why you stopped hearing his voice. I just realized that I didn't say, um, I didn't say. Well, okay. Okay, Hello? well then I, I hey, hey handsome. Okay, I didn't realize that you could still that you could still join in. I wanted to um I wanted to give you the opportunity to to say something about what I've been saying. <laughs> I felt like I was getting on a tangent there and I was just going on and on and on and I just remembered that you were supposed to be joining me too. So what what's on your mind? What do you think? Well, um, you were going about 90 miles per hour, so I don't know where to start. Um, <laughs> but I feel um, be- because of people's bondage, as far as like the president issue and everything, mm-hmm. be- because of the bondage, um, I agree that people would not step back and say and see what is best and really, really study the person and do their research. They would just you know, they, what a lot of people did just because he was black, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and really it's a systematic process by the enemy to, to keep people in further bondage, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and as godly people, which we are supposed to be, everybody's not that way. And, 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 not that I am the godliest person in the world, but I, I strive to be godly. We are supposed to pray about everything. We're mm-hmm. supposed to ask God who is the best man for the position to run our country. And, and when we do, sometimes we might not realize that it's the most unlikely person that would be mm. the best person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, because the country is, is not seeking God first, we're gonna we're gonna constantly see 
the ramifications of our actions and 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 that to me that's just one one side of what you were talking about we're going to keep seeing we're going to keep seeing the, the problems we're going to keep seeing the land suffer we're going to keep you know see, seeing the the teens that are promiscuous the teens that are overweight you're going to see some uh, the fatherlessness the the, the all the young single men, not just black men, but young young single men uh, and fathers in prison mm-hmm. when, they should, when they should be fathering and raising their kids and giving their kids identity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. instead of society giving them their identity. Well, society wants the young men to be, you know, homosexual and everything else. But a man needs to raise, raise a young man and a woman needs to be there to raise, it, to raise a young woman. And and, mm-hmm. and and a woman needs to be there to raise the son too, and the man needs to be there to raise the daughter too. So the family unit is under attack mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. because because the world is out of is out of place and because society wants the world to be out of place. So we so so everybody will have to run back to society for the answers rather mm-hmm. than God, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. all plot of the enemy. And I've said enough. Well, no, I I think that you said you I don't I you could still keep talking if you want to because I, I like I said you give a perspective that that I can't bring and I just love the way you articulate things and the way what you know you just give us more to think about and it may you know it reminded me of when I was talking to one of my relatives and I was telling them you know being a black person myself you know of course I was proud or glad to know that a black person was even qualified to run, you know, they had the the resume, if you will, the the ability to articulate, you know, and all those types of things had presence and all that kind you know, if 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 that was my top priority in my life was being black <laughs> then I would have just been like like they were. But that's what I found out is that you know what that I, that is not my top priority although I was born black I'm a human being first I'm a human being and then once I was born again once you know I accepted Christ as my savior and became born again then all of that other stuff took second third and fourth place you know righteousness and Christianity and what's right and what's good and what's morally acceptable to God is what's first priority. And that's what blesses a nation. That's what blesses a country, a family, a community, a a place of employment. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so you... So you you think you said enough, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I've said a mouthful. Plus, I have this tickle in my throat, so I'm trying to be. Oh, careful. I see you on that. Well, I forgot to tell my listeners that I am sipping my my tea to try to help with my tickle. Um, I made me some cinnamon, apple spice. I put some lemon. I put some honey in it. You know, because I'm trying to you know cut all that phlegm and get that junk up out of my system too. So. I'll say this: I would I would be much more happy if it was a godly man in the White House. Put it like that: a man that a man that that's going to fight for a godly, godly um, answer to everything. 
Amen. But, but that will be the most. That will be the least popular person in the world. <laughs> but you know, yeah, that's well, that's that's sacrifice. You know, make a stand. He, yeah. You know. Unless he's given favor, and the reason, and I guess how he would be given favor would be if the hearts of people changed, if the hearts of the nation, you know, the majority of people in the nation's hearts have become, um, you know, we've turned against our our roots here in this country, which were biblical and godly roots, um, the foundation of um, this this nation, if you will, and there's a lot of history in that, uh, were biblical roots, but. If we return to those, you know, what is that scripture I'm thinking of that says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, uh, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive sin. You know, that's what God would heal our nation. He would heal our nation if the people would begin to denounce, denounce. You know, electing a black president doesn't overcome racism. Denouncing racism does. Denouncing sin does. You know what I'm saying? Denouncing sin in your life, period, as a way of life, that's what overcomes racism or any other kind of trauma, any other kind of abusive system. Um, I'm getting, uh, wow, we're running out of time here. I do want to read one of the highlights from my book um, because, because I talked about the fact that I wrote a book about my own personal experience with racism in the medical field. Uh, Let me read one of the paragraphs from my book. This is from the story of me, a black nurse, and it's on page 9. Highlights of the program that I can recall include the first time that I cared for a little old black man. I don't remember his medical diagnosis. We were supposed to research the diagnoses, history, and medications of each of our patients. We were supposed to research any tests that they'd had or were going to have. The teacher might ask us questions about our patients at any time during the clinical day, so we had to be prepared. Clinical was the term for the time we actually spent in the hospital setting. I don't remember any of that information about this little black man. I do remember that he'd been there for several days now. I had to give him a bed bath. He was so dirty, and his skin was so dry. His toenails were long and dirty, too. I had to change the water several times before I was done. I remember how sad and angry I felt about his condition. If he'd been there for several days already, why was he so dirty? Didn't the other nurses who were assigned to him before me clean him up? It was obvious to me that they hadn't. I felt surely that his neglect was due to the fact that he was black. I remember feeling that. He was probably unkept when he was admitted. I did not see any excuse for his continued lack of care. After all, he was in a hospital. He was very quiet and mild-mannered. The experience stood out in my mind so much that this later became a pet peeve of mine. When providing care or teaching students to provide care, I made sure that feet and toes were thoroughly clean and lotion offered to or applied to the patients. I felt, I felt that because this little old man was a black man 
and he came in in a dirty, um, unkept condition that he was neglected. And that's what racism causes. That's what racism does. As a nurse, nurses are supposed to have compassion and are supposed to care about people and are supposed to want to see them in a better condition. And um, that was one of my early experiences with the effects of racism. I, I felt this was a nice hospital. It, um, and this was many, 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 many years ago, too, so, but it was a nice hospital, and there was no reason for him to, con- to be left in that condition. People, that's what racism does. That's what it causes. It causes us to abuse one another. It, it, it erodes our compassion and our empathy and our understanding for one another. So let's overcome racism in our own lives so that we can grow and go on to be who God has called us to be. Good night.